The Pale Blood Hunt, a Bloodborne Analysis, by Red Grave, dedicated to all those with a story to tell. I didn't really like Dark Souls. Objectively speaking, it's a great game. The gameplay is solid, the world is compelling, the characters are interesting. Maybe it's because Demon Souls fanatic that I was, I had hyped the game up in my mind to such impossibly high standards that there was no way it could compete with my expectations. But I always found that there was something missing in Dark Souls, the unknown. The story of Dark Souls is certainly mysterious. The game avoided conventional storytelling and instead gave the player the burden of uncovering the truth on their own. One could pull back the curtain of Anor Londo and discover the machinations of Gwendolyn and Frampt, or bring the Lord Vessel to Carter and learn of another layer to the story. Even so, the story of Dark Souls was all too grounded for me. It was the kind of story that could be rearranged and presented as fact, with all of the mysteries solved like a novel where, at the end of the book, the brilliant detective goes over the evidence to the rest of the characters and makes all the connections for them. Demon Souls had been different. In Demon Souls, the answers hadn't been there. It's no mystery that the concept of Souls lore hunting didn't really exist with Demon Souls other than a few notable exceptions like Guardian Owl. The only real topic of debate was whether or not the Old One was the god of the church, but there was no answer to whether the monumental was good or evil. There was no explanation for how Bayor's armor could be found in Miralda's well. The mysteries behind Lord Rydell and the Old Monk remained void of answers. They were unknown. Hidetaka Miyazaki, the genius behind the Souls franchise, grew up in poverty in the city of Shizuoka. Unable to afford any means of entertaining himself, Miyazaki would spend most of his childhood reading books found in his local library. He was fascinated with Western tales of fiction, but his English was not fluent enough to understand every single word. Many times he would read a story and find that he couldn't understand half of it, and so he would connect the words he could find and fill in the blanks, forming a story of his own that used the pieces that had been laid out before him. I've read many criticisms of Bloodborne's story when compared with Dark Souls. Many people find that the characters are empty, that the story isn't as entertaining, or that the plot doesn't seem to be as rich when compared to the tale of Gwyn and the First Flame. And they're right, Bloodborne, like demon souls before it, doesn't have the answers to be solved within the game itself. There's no dialogue or item description which can provide the player with that crucial piece of information that explains everything. There's no brilliant detective who can explain it for someone in a condensed manner. Bloodborne is a book where half of the words can't be understood, and the reader must fill in the blanks on their own. When I first wrote The Pale Blood Hunt, I wrote that there was a singular truth we could discover. Seven months later, having read so many different interpretations and discussion on the game's story, having discussed the plot with so many different people, I can only now see how absurd that the idea of a singular story had been. There is no answer to Bloodborne's story. Bloodborne is a game that asks you what you think. It asks you what your story is. What do you make of the unknown? This is my story. This is my eldritch truth. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Howard Phillips Lovecraft, Supernatural Horror in Literature, 1927
Chapter 1. Bergenworth, Kos, and the Vacuous Spider Bergenworth is an old place of learning, and the tomb of the gods carved out below Yarnum should be familiar to every hunter. Well, once a group of young Bergenworth scholars discovered a holy medium deep within the tomb. This led to the founding of the Healing Church and the establishment of blood healing. In this sense, everything sacred in Yarnum can be traced back to Bergenworth. Alfred, Vile Blood Hunter Everything begins at Bergenworth. An old institution of learning, Bergenworth was built in a peaceful, secluded area away from the neighboring city and close to a great lake. It is here that a group of individuals studied and explored the depths of human knowledge. For starters, I will use only information and evidence that can be found inside of the game. I will save my personal interpretations and beliefs for the end, so that you can make up your own mind about the evidence presented. There were many students at Birgenworth. There were, however, certain individuals of note other than the students, figures of importance who formed the inner circle, so to speak. While not all of them were scholars, for the purpose of this analysis, I refer to this group of individuals as the Birgenworth scholars, or the scholars for short. Those individuals who we can safely conclude were members of the scholars consisted of Willem, Lawrence, Mikolash, and Carol. Master Willem was the head of the academy and a highly respected figure. All characters who refer to Willem specifically refer to Master Willem, indicating a deep respect for the figure even if they had differences in beliefs. There is also a reference found on the Rune Workshop tool, which refers to him as Provost Willem. A provost is an administrator of an academic facility which supports placing Willem as the head of the academy and the leading figure. Master Willem's primary focus of study concerned the limits of human intelligence. Lawrence is a much more enigmatic figure, especially for a character so important. From the beast skull in the Grand Cathedral, the PC hunter witnesses a memory of an encounter between Lawrence and Willem, in which Willem accuses the younger Lawrence of betraying him. A note left on the cathedral staircase reads, Place your hand on the altar's sacred covering and inscribe Master Lawrence's adage upon your flesh. That Lawrence would be revered so highly infers that he must have been a very significant figure in the Healing Church. It is well documented that the Healing Church has its roots in Bergenworth College. The Bergenworth student uniform states, The Healing Church has its roots in Bergenworth, and naturally borrows heavily from its uniform design. The focus not on knowledge or thought, but on pure pretension would surely bring Master Willem to despair, if only he knew. Lawrence's title is that of the first vicar given to him both by the human skull of the nightmare and in his boss fight, confirming this idea that Lawrence was in fact one of the church's founders, splitting from Bergenworth in an event that I will later describe as the schism. Mikolash, the boss encountered in the nightmare of Mensis, was another scholar, as evidenced by the tattered Bergenworth uniform he wears during the PC hunter's fight against him. Mikolash also makes references to other parts of Bergenworth which I will discuss later. Carol was a genius runesmith who, through unknown methods, could listen to the scratchings and utterings of the Great Ones. While she could not understand the inhuman words they spoke, she managed to etch them into visual symbols that could be identified. The Rune Workshop tool describes Carol as 
Runesmith Carroll, student of Birgenworth, transcribed the inhuman utterings of the Great Ones into what are now called Carroll runes. There are also two individuals whom we can believe to have been a member of the scholars, German and Maria. German was most assuredly an acquaintance of both Lawrence and Willem. After the PC hunter defeats Rom, the vacuous spider, they can find German whimpering in his sleep. Oh, Lawrence, Master Willem, somebody help me. German is also, as we know, the first hunter. He founded the workshop, located in a hidden section of the upper cathedral ward, and presumably worked with the church in its infancy. Judging from German's combat proficiency and master craftsmanship, he may have been a bodyguard for tomb excavations, a groundskeeper, or a handyman for the college at large. Maria was German's greatest pupil, and judging from the fact that she takes over the research hall of the Healing Church, it's possible that she was a student at the college under Lawrence. Regardless, her participation in the events which would take place at the hamlet place her as a member of the Bergenwerth Scholars prior to its schism. We can now look at the scholars, having explored each one individually as a collective unit. Willem, Lawrence, Mikolash, German, Maria and Carol were individuals at the Bergenwerth College an institution dedicated to the furthering of knowledge and the exploration of the massive labyrinth built underground. It was in this labyrinth that the scholars made the discovery that put every event in Bloodborne into motion. Indeed, the entire history of Bloodborne can be traced to a single defining moment, in which the scholars discovered something deep inside the ancient Thumerian crypts, the Executioner. Alfred muses that once a group of young Bergenworth scholars discovered a holy medium deep within the tomb. This led to the founding of the Healing Church and the establishment of blood healing. Deep inside the labyrinth the scholars discovered the old blood. It is unclear exactly what was found, but in the upper level of the Birgenwerth mansion we can find the empty phantasm shell, empty invertebrate shell that is said to be a familiar of a great one. The Healing Church has discovered a great variety of invertebrates, or phantasms, as they are called. Whatever was found, it was proof of the existence of the Great Ones. It's possible that the scholars discovered Ebrietas, the abandoned and left-behind Great One, who would later commune with the Healing Church. They certainly discovered a source of the old blood, the tainted blood of the Great Ones. Whether it was Ebrietas or something else is unclear. With the discovery of the old blood and of the great ones, everything changed. Evolution became the goal. Push the limits of humanity and become something greater. Ascend to the level of the great ones. Push humanity into its next stage. A scribbled note found in the Nightmare Lecture Hall reads, Master Willem was right. Evolution without courage will be the ruin of our race. However, it quickly became apparent that some of the scholars, and Lawrence in particular, differed in their belief on how the evolution should be carried out. Carol's eye rune states, Eyes symbolize the truth Master Willem sought in his research, disillusioned by the limits of human intellect. Master Willem looked to beings from higher planes for guidance and sought to line his brain with eyes in order to elevate his thoughts. However, Carol's metamorphosis runes state, the discovery of blood made their dream of evolution a reality, metamorphosis, and the excesses and deviation that followed was only the beginning.
There are two different resources that the player collects during their time in Bloodborne, Blood Echoes and Insight. The Echoes is the method in which the PC Hunter gains power, while Insight is the method in which the PC Hunter gains knowledge. While some at Bergenworth believed that knowledge and understanding of the Great Ones and the higher planes of existence would lead to humanity's uplifting, others believed that it was through the imbibing and fusing with the Old Blood that would lead to humanity's ascension. This was a concept anathema to everything Willem stood for. Fear the Old Blood These two fundamentally opposed philosophies would lead to the Bergenworth schism. But there's another piece of the puzzle. Upon entering the fishing hamlet in the hunter's nightmare, the PC hunter is greeted by a fishkin, muttering to himself, Bergenworth! Bergenworth! Blood-crazed murderers! Blasphemous fiends! If the player is wearing the milkweed rune, the kin will give them the accursed brew, a skull which states, Skull of a local from the violated fishing village. The inside of the skull was forcibly searched for eyes, as evidenced by innumerable scratches and indentations. Whatever happened in the fishing hamlet must have had to do with Kos, the great one found at the end of the area. Kos is apparently dead, and while the hunter battles her orphan, the great one is long since past. Other than the mutterings of the fishkin, there is only one other reference to Kos, that of Mikolash, in his commune with the cosmos. Ah, Kos, or some say Kosum, do you hear our prayers, as you once did for the vacuous Rome? Grant us eyes, grant us eyes. Rom, as the PC encounters, is a large creature who is found at the bottom of the moonside lake of Birgenworth. Rom's title is that of the vacuous spider and is shown to be very relatively weak. Rom's only real strength comes from the spiderkin she can spawn to defend herself. Other than that, she is barely capable of defending herself either through carelessly hurling shards of energy or thrashing wildly at her enemy. When the player encounters Rom, it is the defining moment in which the story of Bloodborne goes from a narrative of hunting beasts to a sudden understanding that we, the player, have barely even scratched the surface of a much, much darker truth. But Rom is not a fully developed great one. Mikolash, in his communing with the cosmos, mutters, as you once did for the vacuous Rom, grant us eyes, grant us eyes, plant eyes on our brains, to cleanse our beastly idiocy. Rom was not always a great one. Eyes planted on her brain to cleanse her idiocy, Rom ascended to become one. Vacuous is defined in the Oxford English Dictionary as having or showing a lack of thought or intelligence, mindless. The word comes from the Latin vacuus, meaning empty, along with the suffix, us, meaning by the nature of. Where does Rom come from? Who is she? What is her relation to the dead great one, Kos? What follows is purely my own interpretation and belief based on the evidence I have gathered. Do not consider any of this as solid fact. Instead, use it as my interpretation, so that you can gather your own beliefs. In Birgenwirth, Master Willem and his students toiled away to excavate the Thumerian labyrinth underground, studying their gods and exploring the depths of human intellect. The Birgenworth scholars made two major breakthroughs in their study. Their first major discovery was the old blood, specifically the blood of a great one. It's possible that this great one was Ibrietus, as in the Birgenworth lecture hall, we can discover the auger of Ibrietus, 
and we also find an empty phantasm shell in the upper chamber of the Birgenwerth mansion. The second great discovery was Kosh. When I first played the Old Hunters DLC, my initial impression had been that it was the Birgenwerth scholars who had killed Kos. When I shared this theory, many people pointed to the description of the Kos parasite, which states, When the carcass of Kos washed up on the coast, its insides were teeming with tiny parasites, unlike any found in humans. The argument was that this gave evidence to the fact that Kos had actually been dead prior to the encounter with Birgenwerth having washed up on the coast of the fishing village. I was unsure about my conclusion and couldn't decide which theory was more accurate until I played through the DLC a second time and encountered Maria. Her words, now that I had seen the entire picture, made much more sense. A corpse should be left well alone. Oh, I know very well how the secrets beckon so sweetly. When I first encountered Maria, I had naturally assumed she was talking about her own corpse. Now that I had seen what lay beyond her care, everything fell into place. As I wandered around the fishing hamlet, taking a look at its design and features, I came to a new conclusion. Look at how the kin of the hamlet throw their harpoons, how the giants wield massive anchors, how the wrecks of mighty vessels line the coast. This isn't some quaint fishing village, it's a whaling town. Prior to the release of the DLC, many players had noted the strange masts sticking out of the water in the nightmare frontier. We can now see the origin of these vessels, the hamlet. The villagers must have sighted the Great One Kos in the sea one day, rising up and taking arms to kill what they must have perceived as a monster. They hunted and killed her, losing many of their whaling ships in the process but inevitably returning home victorious having sent the creature back to the sea. But one day, the corpse of the dead Great One washed ashore. When the villagers investigated the corpse, they found it teeming with parasites, which soon infected and took over the minds and bodies of the villagers, transforming them into the kin that we encounter them as. Inevitably, word reached Birgenwerth of the dead god on the hamlet. They sent two individuals to investigate the hamlet, German and Maria. The announcement trailer featured German with his scythe extended, walking into the hamlet, and we find Rakuyo, Maria's weapon, in the hamlet well. German, the first hunter, traveled along with his greatest pupil, Maria, to the hamlet and butchered the kin. The skulls were split open in search of eyes, and the first hunters carved a path towards the corpse of Kos. It is there that their greatest blasphemy was committed. The elevator to the Healing Church research hall depicts three statues hovering over a child, examining it. The central figure is clearly a depiction of Master Willem, featuring the same robes and hat as the provosts. German and Maria discovered that the dead Kos had been pregnant, the unborn fetus still intact. A very important rule of Bloodborne's world is that even if an individual dies in the waking world, their consciousness may still remain in the dreamlands. This is something that will come up time and time again, and is evidenced by the existence of Mikolash's corpse in the waking world. The unborn murdered Great One was brought back to the Birgenwerth College and dissected in the name of science. What was retrieved was a cord of the eye, the orphan's umbilical cord. And it was then that Master Willem, the greatest mind of Birgenwerth, had an epiphany. Willem is quoted in the description of the Great One's wisdom as having stated, 
We are thinking on the basis of planes. What we need are more eyes. The eye is indeed the symbol representing not just insight in the player's HUD, but also the knowledge of the higher planes of existence and of the Great Ones. The discovery of the Great Ones and the Old Blood split the scholars into two opposing factions. One I have dubbed the Loyalists, led by Master Willem. The Loyalists believed in evolution through eyes, the accumulation of insight that would let humanity ascend. This faction consisted of Willem and his students. The other faction, which I have dubbed the Radicals, was led by Lawrence. The Radicals believed in evolution through blood, the accumulation of power that would let humanity ascend. This faction consisted of Lawrence, Mikolash, German, and Maria. While there was never any violence between these two groups, the fundamental difference in philosophy led to them inevitably separating to go their own paths. While the Loyalists remained at Bergenwerth, the Radicals founded the Healing Church in the pursuit of further spreading their knowledge of the Old Blood. This schism was not also purely among the scholars, but also amongst the student populace, with many leaving along with the Radicals. With the Healing Church founding and flourishing, Willem and the remaining Loyalists were no doubt concerned with the growing power and the threat they posed. The Loyalists were fully aware that the actions of the Healing Church in their use of the Old Blood would lead to the spread of the Scourge. While the Healing Church spread throughout Yarnum, Willem and the remaining Loyalists got to work on their own research. This is where things get fuzzy, as there is very little information available on this crucial point in time. What we can see, however, are the results of the Loyalists' research. If the PC hunter encounters Iosefka, or rather, the imposter Iosefka, after the blood moon has risen, killing her will make her drop a cord of the eye, which states, Provost Willem sought the cord in order to elevate his being and thoughts to those of a great one by lining his brain with eyes. The only choice he knew if man were to ever match their greatness. When the PC hunter first enters the Bergenworth mansion, they encounter on the second floor an NPC hunter named Yuri, who appears to be a member of the choir, the highest-ranking members of the Healing Church. Yuri wields a call beyond, the choir's ultimate weapon, and wears the blindfold cap and the attire of a choir member. This would show that the choir returned to the ruins of Bergenworth from time to time in order to gather old research notes or artifacts. That the impostor Iosefka, who wields a weapon of the choir, an augur of Ibrietas, would be in possession of an artifact that once belonged to Master Willem, can be explained as such. The choir recovered this cord, the umbilical cord of the orphan of Kos. Willem had used the cord in order to further his research, delving deeper and deeper into the depths of human understanding. During this point in time, with intense research into the Great Ones being conducted at Bergenworth, the students were twisted and transformed into gardens of eyes for Willem's research, bizarre kin of the cosmos who would wander the grounds. Only four individuals were left intact. Willem, Doris, the graveguard, the unnamed doorman, who would be entrusted with the password, and Rom. Whatever happened to Carol is unclear. She may have left with Lawrence. She may have been transformed along with the student body. Or she may have left Bergenworth at an unspecified time to continue her research separately. However, 
Thanks to Carol's transcriptions of the inhuman uttering of the Great Ones, the Loyalists learned of the importance and the power held by great bodies of water. If we take a look at any of the lake or sea runes, we can find the description. Great volumes of water serve as a bulwark guarding sleep and an augur of the eldritch truth. Overcome this hindrance and seek what is yours. This even matches the game mechanics in which runes representing water provide defense and resistance. The Grand Lake of Mud, hidden now from sight. Mikolash. Master Willem's last great ritual ascended Rom into that of a newly formed Great One. Placed at the bottom of the Moonside Lake, Rom's empty mind served as a shield for our physical plane, protected by the great body of water. It prevented the beckoning of the moon presence by Lawrence's healing church. With his knowledge and understanding of the Great Ones, Willem was able to use the orphan's cord to rebirth a new Great One and line her brain with eyes, using her as a living bulwark to seal away the Great Ones, the Nightmare, and the Blood Moon. But where did she come from? We have already determined what the word vacuous means. Empty, mindless. This can very easily be attributed to a simpleton or to a brain-dead being. Rom, however, certainly does not seem to be brain-dead. While she is weak, she most certainly attempts to defend herself in the meagre ways she has. In the interview with Hidetaka Miyazaki found in the official guide, Mitsuyaki was asked what his favorite boss was. His answer was Rom, but that in itself, while interesting, was not very striking. However, the specifics of his response were unexpected. I really like her. There are some oddly cute aspects to her moves and modeling. There is another type being that is blank, empty. As John Locke writes, human beings are born tabula rasa, a blank slate, empty beings that are given shape by our experiences, a being that can be described as being cute, weak, helpless, and empty of thoughts, lacking of experience, an infant, from Miyazaki's interview. In the world of Bloodborne, babies that are treated as special in one way or the other are offered as lures to the Great Ones. The Great Ones have all lost their children because of their positions, and as a result, they're attracted to these special babies. The babies are one way of calling them. The hunter can find a note in Yahagul, left by a dead hunter, which reads, Nightmarish rituals crave a newborn. Find one and silence its harrowing cry. The first instinct of the player is to associate this with the school of Mensis. They must be using some child to perform a ritual. But Mikolash and his students are only following in the footsteps of Master Willem, trying to reproduce the success of the loyalists of Bergenworth. As you once did for the vacuous Rome, grant us eyes, grant us eyes. Plant eyes on our brains to cleanse our beastly idiocy. Rome is not a great one. In fact, Bloodborne causes understandable confusion in that it refers to many different species, factions and groups as belonging to the singular group, the Great Ones. But the kin, ascended mortals who bleed a clear serum, are not fully fledged, complete and whole Great Ones like the Moon Presence, the Wet Nurse or the Orphan. They are merely kin of the cosmos. Killing Rom does not drop a Great One cold blood. Killing Rom drops a kin cold blood. Rom, daughter of Willem, either literally or metaphorically, born from the fruits of his research and used to ascend. Look at the way she moves, desperately backing away from the hunter. She seems almost infantile. Unlike the rest of the kin that are encountered, 
Rom has no natural defense mechanisms other than her ability to manipulate energy. If you ask me, she doesn't look like a spider at all. She looks like a caterpillar, the infant form of a butterfly, one that may have become beautiful.